filibuster is supported through Patreon by listeners like you. Check us out at patreon.com slash filibuster. We also get support from the Ehrlich Law Office, discrimination, wage, and litigation solutions for the District of Columbia and Northern Virginia. They handle workplace discrimination, non-competition and non-solicitation litigation, civil rights, and a whole lot more. For a free consultation, go to ehrlichlawoffice.com slash filibuster. You're, sit, you're sitting on your couch and you're just like, oh, this song is ridiculous. I'm just going to put it on and it's it's just funny. Uh, that's that's like a half of my life is doing things right, like right, that. Right, right, right. <laughs> so I was sitting on my couch. Uh, my wife and I were talking and I don't need, I don't remember precisely how this came up, but it came up that it was like a good idea. I was like, oh, I need to put on the Macarena right now just because just to be funny, like it's, no seriousness. Right. It's, it, it's the Macarena. I mean, come on, it's a punchline. Yeah. And so we put on the Macarena and it, it it's starting, it's playing, and my toddler knows every single move of the Macarena. I have never played this in my house before. She knows every single move. So, so then we end up playing the Macarena for the next 20 minutes, various different <laughs> remixes and versions of it. Mm. And we we are dancing with her. She knows every single move of the Macarena. So your daughter knows the dance moves to a song that was popular literally 20 what, years 1999? ago. 1999? Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. She was born was, in 2016. A gimmick song. Uh, yes. From, from the 90s. So yes. <laughs> uh, uh, I, literally, this song is classic rock. Um, right. Ba- I mean, yeah, basically. This, this uh, classic only- rock staple, the Macarena. Um, I think we, we slightly figured it out. There was apparently okay. a Hotel Transylvania, like the Disney movie version of the Macarena. So I think that's how she got exposed to it. Because I'm, yeah, I, my guess is they right. play that at day. They play that at daycare a lot. Would be my guess. But mm-hmm. still, she's like she knows the Macarena. Like she was doing it better <laughs> than I was. I I didn't remember all the moves of the Macarena, but she did. Yeah, I never even learned them. Like if the thing is, like if you told me that your daughter knows the moves of the Macarena and then showed me a video and she was doing any dance that looked like it had like pre-planned moves. I would have accepted it and be like, yes, that's right. definitely the Macarena. And you'd be like, actually it was something else. <laughs> I'd be like, Oh, well you got me. Uh, Cause uh, right. I don't know a damn thing. Um, I remember <laughs> the thing is like, I should have solid memories of the Macarena um, because of, like you're the nostalgia guy on this on this podcast. That, well, not only that, it was also like it's 1999. Like it's it's the peak time to be. But like I I just I remember the song. I remember it was two men in suits, which always made me um, was like maybe old, the funniest thing man. about it. Old yeah, it was, man, it was a hit song with dance moves, but it was sung by two men in suits who were in their 50s or 60s, um, and who weren't Wait, really that oh, mobile. Jason. Jason. Yes. I just thought of it now. They are, if they're alive, which is one thing to say, they're in their like 80s now. <laughs> yes. Uh, extremely ancient men who may be dead <laughs> um, that were responsible for the Macarena. Um, yeah, that's, uh, it's funny though, because like we, we, 
we try and plan what we're going to talk about before this. And, and Ben said that he was going to tell a story about the Macarena. And I said, I have something related, related to children. And part of my thing is that I was at my friend's house on Sunday, not doing any soccer stuff. Um, we cooked out, we drank, um, very strong tiki drinks in his backyard. I got bit up by a bunch of bugs while I, I got drunk on rum. Um, so that part was pretty good, but I got there and his daughter is, I think three. Um, yeah, three. So she was, I was walking up to the house and she knew she was told in advance because children love to be told what's coming down the pike that day. And it's like, well, one thing is that Jason's going to come over. She was very excited. So she ran to the door and watched me come up, but she did not open the door. And then she ran off. So I came in and my friend, he was like, did Nina get the door for you? And I was like, no, she watched me walk up and then ran away. And he was like, Oh, that yeah. was like a big thing for her. She was planning on opening the door for you. Um, so we were hanging out in their kitchen and she was there. She was playing music that she wanted to listen to from the music from uh, the soundtrack from the movie trolls, okay. uh, which, yep. which just came out and it's big with the kids. Several of the songs were like troll friendly remixes of existing songs. And yep. apparently her favorite song is the trolls soundtrack remix of move your feet by junior senior. Okay. Um, and so when that came on, she began, she said, everyone has to dance, but her dance was just like jumping up and down. It was more of like an exercise than a dance. It was just, I mean, that's a good, that's a good kid dance. Move, move a lot, like, like very seriously and very intensely um, during this song. Um, and so it, it, she didn't have so much dance moves as just like, she was listening to another song that is uh, at this point, that song came out in like 2003. So that's another old one. Uh, another one for the oldies stations to start playing anytime now. Um, I mean, Trolls came out a while ago at this point. I don't know when the Trolls movie came out. Um, I have no context for that. Oh, no, I am completely wrong. It came out in 2016. Never okay. mind. Um, but yeah, she was super into the Trolls movie and that song in particular, which was confusing because when I think of Junior Senior, um, I think of uh, putting that on as part of the mix on college drinking party. Um, uh, and toddlers apparently now toddlers with uh, trolls <laughs> so uh, in any case uh, goat goat welcome goat uh, this is filibuster the black and red united podcast uh, it's me uh, Jason and uh, Ben Ben um, I'm back uh, Ben has returned uh, from his adventures uh, Adam has gone on an adventure we've actually uh, sent him on assignment to Vienna to document Every single thing We've forced him to go to Vienna. Yeah, yeah like he didn't want to go. Um, we had to we had to con him into getting on the airplane, and then we revealed to him that he was actually being flown to Vienna um, to track every single action that Bronco Boscovich took while he played for Rapid Vienna because uh, that's of interest. I think I, th- I think we need if that stuff documented. If he doesn't come back with the butter leather leather jacket, he's off the podcast. Yeah, that's that seems fair. I mean, we didn't tell him that before he got on the plane, but it's fair. Um, yeah, it's this is like um like the movie National Treasure, except uh, the treasure is uh, Bronco Boscovich's leather jacket, and it's Adam instead of Nicolas Cage. Um, but other than that, the stakes are the same. I would argue, uh, maybe even more important this time around. Um, yeah, Adam's probably the same as Nicolas Cage. Uh, yeah, I, I feel like that's that's fair. That's fair of us. We're being very fair to Adam <laughs> um, <laughs> tonight, and and uh, 
that's because that's how we are. We're all, you and I are always very fair on this show to Adam, um, and we're doing it yeah, again. It's my legal advice that we're fair to Adam. Uh, but I guess uh, I guess now that we've gotten our uh, fairness to Adam segment out of the way, uh, <laughs> ben, what are you drinking tonight? Uh, I didn't have much time to make a drink, so I just made an old fashioned. Nice one, yeah. one of uh, Sim- one of simple the syrup bourbon. Show. Bitters, yeah. I just did regular anagustra bitters. Like mm-hmm. I'm, I'm just doing something real simple tonight. Sometimes you've got to. Life is difficult. Um, we had to spend I'm, all the I'm time. Flying, Go ahead. I'm flying to Phoenix tomorrow, so I can't do yeah. much else besides yeah. make a simple drink. Ben is flying to be roasted in the oven uh, of, uh, of the Southwest um, in the hot, yeah. hot sun and the. Uh, uh, everything has been sun baked into a, a hard clay uh, surface of some kind. That's what I imagine. I, I don't imagine Phoenix yeah. having roads or buildings. It's just everything ah. has been um, completely dried out by the uh, terrible beating sun, uh, which never. Right. And I don't want to be, and I don't want to be. So I'm going to hide in in buildings and try and not expose myself to any elements while I'm there. That seems like a good plan. Like I said, in my imagination, those buildings aren't there. But maybe I'm wrong. Uh, hopefully, for your sake, I, I mean, am. And you find they may just be huts. Yeah, uh, or like you find the one tree uh, within that hundred thousand square miles, and you you get some yeah. shade. Um, Sounds about right. Yeah, that's what Phoenix is like. It's not a city of millions of people. It's uh, just ah. the, the middle of the desert. Um, I am. I went easy as well. Uh, I went in the fridge and grabbed a beer. Uh, so I've got Atlas Brewing's uh, Ninja Sauce, which, uh, despite the name, is a Belgian-style pale ale. I don't know what Ninja Sauce points to as a beer, um, but what it actually is is a Belgian-style pale ale. Uh, it's pretty good. It's it's a good... Um, any you know Some Belgian beers aren't necessarily the best for summer drinking. They can be a little heavy. This one's not heavy like that. Um, so I, I'm pretty pleased. It's a, you know... Pretty well balanced. It's nothing like amazing, but it, it's pretty solid all the way around. Yeah, I, Belgian style pale ales uh, mostly just disappoint me. I could see that there. There have been a lot that are like, "Well, this could have been better," um, but this this one's pretty I, solid. I, I, I'm more, I more want it to be just a triple or an yeah. IPA, but not like halfway in between, right? Yeah, I, mostly my motivation on this was entirely um, it was something that my uh, the local uh, liquor store hadn't been carrying the last times I'd been there. And then I walked in and it was there and I was like, oh, something new. Um, and that was the, the full range of thought I had on it. Uh, if it had been some kind of uh, super heavy triple, I might have bought it and then be like, wow, it is too hot to drink this. And I just feel uh, beaten down by uh, the weather and this heavy beer. But. Fortunately for me, my uh, impulse buy did not ruin everything. So that's the good. That's the good news. We have good news on this show, um, which uh, at least temporarily. Right. We'll we'll in a in just a moment. We'll get to the bad news. Hey Ben, um, you wouldn't say this is a hostile work environment, would you? You can tell uh, me. Depends. I mean. Well, I should ask you. I mean, is are goats hostile? 
Uh, I think goats are, are hostile. I think that they are secretly trying to take over the world. But but if this were a hostile work environment, or if I were trying to steal your wages, or or do something else oh, nefarious, in a I'm really not. Uh, but in a workplace environment, you know who to call, right? Because you live in the District of Columbia or Northern Virginia. I, I do. It's the Ehrlich Law Office. It is the Ehrlich Law Office. Uh, they they offer discrimination, wage, and litigation solutions in Northern Virginia and the District of Columbia, which means I can totally create a hostile work environment for Jason. Except, no, he, they, they wouldn't want me to say that. That would be bad. I do not want to create a hostile work environment for anyone. But Jason couldn't call them nonetheless because he lives in Maryland. Sorry, Jason. I'll fight my way through this. All right. <laughs> Uh, they handle workplace discrimination, wage theft, uh, non-compete clauses, and uh, non-solicitation litigation. They handle civil rights and government takings and disability and education law. They handle a lot of things. And if you are interested in a free consultation, head to ehrlichlawoffice.com slash filibuster. And we've, we're back. We, we took a an earlier break than normal because uh, we're doing things different because Adam's gone and we can do whatever we want. Uh, we sent Adam to Vienna, uh, Ben and I, we ordered him to go. Um, and so we've replaced him with uh, our good friend, Alicia Rodriguez. She's going to help us talk about this uh, game that we have to talk about. Um, Alicia, thanks for coming on and helping us deal with this one. Of course, I was uh, contractually obligated to watch the game, so I might as well, uh, you know, make use of the time that I spent. Uh, you know the tradition. You, on won't, you won't get. Oh, go ahead, uh, Ben. You won't. You won't get that time back. So at least you can express it here with us. Exactly. Yep. Exactly. Uh, Alicia, you know the tradition on this show. We have to ask, what are you drinking? Uh, I am probably about to drink a margarita. Nice. That's one of one of the favorites of this show. Um, we are big fans of margarita and, uh, margaritas, and also um, officially as a show, fans of uh, Marg Helgenberger, the actress. Um, oh, she's that's, great. She's that's great. the show's policy. Um, she also yep. apparently likes margaritas, so we found that out because she responded to one of our tweets for some reason. That's um, <laughs> not her fault. I, I guess I should say we tweeted for some reason. We being me, and then she replied. <laughs> Um, anyway, uh, DC United played the Chicago fire in a game that, uh, was boring and tepid and slow and turgid and monotonous and tedious. And it ended zero zero and it probably deserved to end like negative one to negative one. Um, I don't even know where to begin with this game. It was just a game that had so little in it, especially for DC who, had one shot of note from Wayne Rooney. That was pretty much their attack for the night. Um, Alicia, I guess I'll start with you. Um, when you were watching this game, I know you're, you're having to cover it. So you're kind of going through what we go through covering it here. Um, what was going through your head as this thing just dragged on? Yeah. I mean, it was, it was, a, it was a tough game to watch for sure. It's it's not the kind of game that you are trying to sell the league with. Um, you know, when you see a game like that, but, um, I think in, in this case, I mean, I, uh, I think it's understandable that, uh, DC fans aren't really satisfied with how it turned out. I mean, I think to an extent DC could afford to like slog their way to a scoreless draw on the road. 
Um, I think in context, this was a really terrible result for the fire and they've had a season full of terrible results. Um, they're one of the most wasteful teams. I don't know, maybe in MLS history, but certainly this season, they're definitely the most wasteful team as far as chances. And this was on display too in this game. Uh, I remember there was a, a chance in the first half where basically they had the entire goal open um, and they can try to, to miss, um, you know, miss a clear shot. So um, that's kind of the, the story of their season. Uh, from DC's perspective, I think it's concerning because, you know, they, they definitely have more pot- potential, I think, overall um, than Chicago does at this point. But Chicago is like desperate for a win. And um, even with DC kind of being a little bit off the pace, they could not manage to do it. And then, you know, for DC, it's concerning, but, you know, they have a little bit more of a cushion, you know, their season's not totally in the toilet like it is for Chicago. Uh, Ben, we've been dealing with this for a while. Um, Just the general situation with the team. Um, This was another game, uh, whether you want to call it five, four, one or three, four, three or three, four, two, one. Like I, I have been calling it and everyone, uh, doesn't join me. Um, whatever it is, Ben, I, I think we've kind of come to an agreement on this, that it, it isn't really working. No, it's not. It's, uh, it's, it's an okay enough defensive formation with, uh, uh, Steven Birnbaum, Frederick Briant and Donovan Pines anchoring the back line, but the offensive side of this just isn't working. Uh, Paul, uh, in this game, Paul Ariola and, uh, uh, Luciano Acosta are just too narrow. Uh, Paul Ariola needs to be out wide. We've talked about him, uh, a number of times he gets moved around a lot because he's a very good player. Uh, but his best position is as a winger. And when DC United is in a, uh, like a four, two, three, one, that, that accentuates what he is good at and moving him more inside to be part of that, uh, that midfield too, just, it, it doesn't do as well with what he is good at and what this team brought him in to do. So it, it is diminishing, uh, what he's what he's good at and uh Lucho Acosta is good in the middle and he's kind of in the middle in this one but he has less people to play at play uh on the sides uh on the wings uh to interplay with and so it doesn't really work well for him either so it's not a great formation offensively for this team because they were built in this offseason to play a 4-2-3-1 and whenever they're not playing that or not playing something with wingers they are necessarily playing at a lower level than what this team was built to do yeah it's i agree both 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 Ariola and Acosta i think aren't in their best spots uh in this setup um I thought Lucas Rodriguez did has has been making some progress of late. I thought he was maybe the best player for DC in the game, um, but he's trying to do everything by himself. Um, there's a lot of that going on. This is the team doesn't seem to know how to build out of the back effectively, and so you get a lot of you know they had plenty of possession in this game on the road against a team that needed to win, but they didn't do anything with it. It just kept being the same pattern over and over. Where um, yeah, we refer to passing accuracy a lot in games and and this game the second half got a little more sloppy in that regard the first half though dc was up around 84 85 percent but it was like who cares um it's it's just some guys knocking the ball back and forth under no pressure um and and that's kind of 
part of the problem here is if you allocate one more player further back, it's it's the simple math of one more body closer to your own goal means, yes, it's easier to connect those passes, but there's fewer options further upfield. Um, and DC hasn't figured out really other than like the second half against Cincinnati and the few minutes against Colorado way back when they haven't really figured out in this formation what to do with themselves. Uh, and so we get a lot of games that this was maybe like we kind of hit a high watermark in terms of boring uh, in this one, but there've been a lot of games that haven't been that much better than this um, that have just sort of played themselves out. Um, it's been, uh, I think maybe part of the reason everyone's irritated is just that it's been so slow. The games have been boring. Um, no, I, it's one thing to watch a boring and bad team. We've done that. Alicia, I know you've done that uh, in the past as well. Um, and during some teams that it's like, you're not even bad in a fun way. It's just bad. Um, there's something else right now that, that for DC we're dealing with, which is that this team is bland and okay. They're adequate. Um, which sadly for MLS's Eastern Conference means uh, still in the running to win the whole conference um, somehow. Um, I guess before, we don't have too much time with Alicia, so I'll, I'll jump into um, the issue with Russell Kanaus getting hurt. There was a collision um, uh, with a slide tackle where he got a foot into the ribs. Turns out he has a some sort of small lung puncture, um, which sounds terrifying, but apparently it's not so bad, but it's still going to keep him out for about a month. Um, DC has an interesting trialist in lately with Jose Torres. Um, Alicia, and you're watching DC, do you think that, obviously he doesn't play the same game as Canals, but do you think he's maybe someone that could help fix some of their various problems? Is I, I don't, I don't want to say problems harshly, but it is kind of at that point where you should. Yeah, I mean, you know, definitely he's a player who has had some good moments, but to me, he's always been a player who he's, you know, good with the pass. He puts in a shift in, in midfield, but he's never, um, I don't know, I, I, I have a feeling that he's never quite reached the potential that I think folks thought he was going to reach. Maybe that's a matter of him, you know, being a, in a, a U.S. international playing in Mexico for so long that you know, we wanted him to be better than he was going to be, or um, maybe he just never really got enough of the playing time when he was young uh, to, to fully blossom. But um, I mean, you know, I think having a passing midfielder, there's nothing wrong with that. Um, and I think actually probably more teams are going to be turning to that. I, I get the impression that we may be entering an era when, um, you know, the, the hard tackling midfielders may go out of style a little bit, um, you know, not, obviously not overnight, but maybe over time. But, I mean, to me, the, the malaise at this point seems to be that um, they're really the, – the secondary scoring option for D.C. just isn't there right now. So if you have yeah. Rooney um, not, you know, in the zone hitting 90-yard uh, goals or <laughs> free kicks or, <laughs> you know, penalties or whatever um, – because I think he looks pretty good. You know, I don't really get the sense from him. I mean, he's not taking over every single game himself, but I think he's playing pretty well this season. Um, I just don't, you know, Acosta's struggling. Um, I, I think Ariola, like you had mentioned, Ben, I think he 
his versatility, I think, kind of works against him with DC sometimes because it's like you can put him anywhere, but maybe you're right. not getting the best out of him, you know, as a result. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, there just seems to be, uh, you know, Rodriguez, I think he's okay, but I don't, I'm not really certain at this stage. I, I think of him as somebody who can consistently uh, contribute. I mean, he seems like a player who maybe shows up and, you know, does something really amazing once every like four or five games, but you need somebody who's, you know, a little more consistent than that. So to me, For that's sure. kind of at the stage of the, you know, the central um, issue for, for DC is just having, you know, that secondary scoring option who can, you know, pop up and, you know, every two or three games, you know, uh, hook someone up or, or score a goal and, and take that burden off of Rooney a little bit. Yeah, and last year it was Lucho Acosta. He had right. his best season in MLS, but he just hasn't lived up to that this year. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, yeah I mean, that's that's kind of the – we'll see how the season turns out. I mean, I think like you had mentioned, Jason, uh, what's interesting is that the malaise is throughout the Eastern Conference. I mean, pretty much any one of seven or eight teams could win the conference at this stage – um, so DC might end up having a better season than what it feels like right now. Um, but yeah, it's just the, it, it's just not clicking right now. And, and yeah, something feels like something needs to be tweaked a little bit. Uh, before, before we let you go, there is one, one, I guess, I, I don't want to say anything from this game was a major talking point because it was just such a black hole of, of enjoyment and, uh, uh, mental energy, but there was, a penalty kick claim for Chicago, a cross came in, um, popped up and, and hit Frederick Briant in the hand. We had uh, Kevin Stott somehow still refereeing in MLS, um, put his finger to the ear, listen to VAR, opt not to uh, even give a tra- give a check, just gave a corner kick and we moved on. Um, Alicia, as a, as a non-DC fan, what did you think of this one? So I've been going back and forth on that. Um... So when it happened live, it was like, okay, that looks like a penalty. And then when I was looking at the replays during the game, it looked like possibly the ball had bounced off Breon's legs on his way up to his hand. But then I watched uh, instant replay uh, yesterday when it came out, and I didn't see anything like that. And, um, you know, the instant replay guys were like, eh, I could go either way. Um I mean, I don't think he deliberately handled it, but the way that his hand was out, I think I probably would have given a penalty in that situation. Um, So in that way, but I also think, I mean, that coupled with that, I mean, I I don't know how you guys saw that first half chance when Hamid like ran over and was like, I think maybe beyond the the near post altogether as he was trying to cut out something and he just got completely caught out. There were, if I remember correctly, there were two, Chicago attackers right in front of the goal and they basically dribbled their way into DC recovering and able to stop it. And then I think Mm -hmm. they let off a deflected shot or something like that should have been a goal. Like I feel like maybe 20 out of like 20 MLS teams would have scored there. um, (laughs) And really only the most woeful, you know, teams would have struggled to convert that. Like that should have been a goal. And then that, um, that penalty shot in the second half, I, I think I probably would have given a, a penalty on that. Um, but then, I you know, on the I would have too. 
Yeah, on the other hand, Rooney, I mean, his free kick was really good. And I think Kronholm has struggled uh, a little bit so far for Chicago. But that save, I think it was a little bit unsighted, and he ended up getting to it. Uh, you know, a little bit dramatic looking, but I think it was a good fundamental save. And, um, you know, this this game could have easily been 2-1. to one, But I do think that, you know, for all that were sort of, I think, rightly critical of the, the playing style for D.C., they certainly had an opportunity to win. Um, but I do think that this was a game that they can walk away and say, okay, you know, we got a point on the road. We'll just regroup and, you know, try and come back a little bit stronger. Whereas I think for Chicago, it was like, this is a disaster. It really was. Uh, are you saying that we're going to hear uh, from DC during the week, the same script after many other uh, uneventful draws of this well, season? Well, that's the thing. Yeah. I mean, that's, I think that's where you have cause to be concerned is like, if it's in, in isolation, it's like, this is a game where you're just like, okay, we got something out of it. Let's, you know, let's move on. I think there's an issue with it consistently being, uh, okay, that was a rough game, but we'll just, you know, we'll get better. And, mm-hmm. you know, here we are almost, it's almost August. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I definitely agree. I'm, I'm, I'm going to training tomorrow and I, ex- I'm hoping to hear a little more urgency because this is a fan site. We want the team to win, but I suspect that it's going to be kind of the same you know, uh, it's good to get a point on the road. Good to get a shutout. Da, 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 um, we've all heard it a thousand times. Um, so ho- hopefully there's a surprise waiting for me tomorrow uh, on that front. Cause something with this team needs a shakeup. Uh, we are going to get into that. Um, but Alicia, uh, we need to let you go so you can go have dinner. Um, yep. I need my Marg. So I'll, yes. I'll, uh, I'll talk to you guys later. Thank you so much for having me on though. I, I, I had fun. Um, I'm not all about LAFC. I actually watch a lot of other teams as well. Well, thank you for coming out. Thank you for subbing in for Adam, um, who uh, skipped town on us. Now I'm, tr- I'm turning around and blaming him. Um, if you if you can, <laughs> uh, let everyone know where they can find you online. Sure. You can find me. Uh, well, my uh, LAFC stuff is at Angels on Parade. And then my um, Twitter account is at Soccer Musings. And there you go. Uh, you should already be following Alicia. If you're not, do that. Uh, this is an order from filibuster. Um, we're not. We're yes, not hearing. Yeah, we're not taking negotiations on this one. Um, <laughs> and uh, on that note, on that uh, extremely aggressive note, uh, we'll be back in a second. Uh, so, as we mentioned, um, the injury to Russell Canals. Um, I sounds horrifying. Yeah. Um, you know, it was a weird one cause he gets kicked, um, going in for a ball, he gets hit in the chest. Um, it looked obviously at first it's like, Oh, his ribs must hurt. Um, and then he came back in and then he went back to the sideline. And, and at one point the, one of the team's training staff gave him like a chiropractor style back crack. Um, and it looked like he was trying to loosen something up down on the side. Um, he played, I don't know, two minutes. And then he w- sat down again. And at that point they had to switch him out. Um, so I uh, guess well, now, the- that we've, now that we've mentioned it, I'm going to, I'm just going to throw it out there. Even though I have relatives who are chiropractors, chiropractic is bullshit. It's nothing. It is less than nothing. And I am disappointed that DC United has a uh, well, chiropractic sponsor. So that is my rant against chiropractic. Um, I have had my back cracked like that before and it felt, it felt better for a little while, but it, it was not a lasting thing. It's like cracking your knuckles when your hands get kind of stiff. 
Um, Cause it's not a thing. Right. Um, but I, I, you know, for the training staff having like, okay, we have a weird one here. Let's see if we can throw some, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. um, yeah, it's, so, it's not really related. It's just, it's, yeah. I just went on my chiropractic rant. That's all. Um, but yes, Russell Knauss getting kicked in the ribs so hard that he punctured a lung is bad. Yeah, it sucks. Um, that, uh, you know, it's just one of the, it's another in- injury where DC's lost a starter and it's a weird one. Um, like Joseph. Yeah, Morgan. Not, that, Go ahead. Yeah. It's just, it's like, it's not like a hamstring injury where you can blame the training staff or anything like that. It's just that that's a freak injury that no one can predict happening and it just sucks. And DC United is going to have to figure it out through depth or through signings. Right. And so we're doing, we're going to most likely be looking at a month without canals, um, which unfortunately for DC means about, it's like 75 games. Uh, it, it, yeah, it's like, it's seven games. If he's out for the entire month of August, he's going to miss seven games. Um, which is pretty bad when you, you only have 11 to play, um, to yep. lose a player like canals. Uh, we're not, we haven't, gotten Canals' absolute best this year. I think that's fair to say. Um, but I mean, even over the course of the season, that's still 20% of the entire season. Right. Um, and part of that is, you know, this, the schedule this year was uh, not ideal. Um, the schedule where you could end up playing seven games in one month and then like two in a different month, um, not ideal uh, from that front. But, you know, there's not really much you can do about it. You can complain about it. It's not going to change anything. Um, DC does, as, as we hinted at have, or hinted at, we actually said it, um, they do have a defensive midfielder or at least a central midfielder in camp, um, right now with Jose Torres. Um, obviously at this point, Chris Durkin would be the favorite to step in for Canals. Um, and then, you know, Torres, it probably boosts his chances of getting signing or signed in all honesty. Um, but he is different. He is a very different player from Canals. He is a, a technical player. He keeps, he's a possession guy. He's not a ball winner like Canals. And maybe that's, for me at least, that's what's a little, maybe a little concerning about this is that um, of all the potential combinations of defensive midfield duos for DC, the one that doesn't work in my mind has been Durkin and Moreno uh, because Moreno wants to sit and be the guy that stays home more. Durkin wants to sit and be the guy that stays at home more. Um, and when they've had to play together, DC kind of loses that that bite in the middle to such an extent that we've seen Ben Olsen try Paul Ariola in that spot. We've seen them try other formations. We've seen this and that to try. He was Segura in that middle spot. Right. You know, when he first got here, he played uh, as an eight and it, it did not work. Um, but it's one of those things where um, – you the team is kind of set up to have someone of Canals' skill set in there, and we've already got problems with the team not really the the plan isn't really working right now. And then you throw in a new problem on top of it. Uh, it it's pretty. It, it feels like it's not a huge deal of an injury, but it might end up being a pretty significant injury because this team is. We're going to talk about how much of a malaise they're in. You know, it's there's no guarantee that they make the playoffs. Um, we've kind of taken it for granted, but you know, the way their their form lately, 
you know, the, the, the prospect of them possibly slipping into the bubble with where the teams like Montreal and TFC uh, and New England right now are, that possibility exists. I mean, the Revs are on fire right now. Um, everyone else, other NYCFC, you kind of know what you're getting. They should win the conference without any problems. Uh, everyone else, you know, the odd result here and there could go a long way. Um, so Ben, I, I, I'm curious what you think, you, you know, looking back on Torres's, um, career with the national team, especially, um, do you think that DC is capable of plugging him in if they were to sign him? Could they plug him in and then possibly find a different way to go about their business and have some success while Canals is out? I mean, you nailed it on the head right there. They would have to go about it in a different way if they signed uh, Jose Torres. Uh, I think at the end of the day, he is a Ben Olsen type player. Uh, like, he no, he's not going to be a uh, crunching in the midfield uh, defensive midfielder, but he's going to play a lot of great balls uh, from a deeper position. And so I think if you can get either Chris Durkin or Junior Moreno to play a little higher and play a little more uh, uh, like midfield destroyer, like forward destroyer, you might be able to make it work and leave uh, Jose Torres to just spray balls around because that's what we know he's good at. He, was on the national team for uh, almost 30 games. Like he's a good player. Uh, He played in Liga MX for almost for 250 uh, caps. Like he can do a job. And I think it's not so far off of what DC United wants to do that. I think he could fit in this team. So it's not a one for one replacement for sure with anybody on this team. It would require tweaks, but Ben Olsen's already doing tweaks. This uh, 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 3-4-2-1 is already a tweak on what the team was uh, built to do in the offseason. So I think if he's willing to sign and willing to sign at a, at a, at a decent rate, I'd, I'd do it. I think we can – I think they'd be able to find a way to fit him in and find a way to make him work in what Ben Olsen wants to do. Yeah, I, I think I'm, I'm, I'm on board with that. I think the one thing that's, that's holding me back is more of a, um, are we as a fan base getting desperate for a signing so much that we'll take anyone? Um, and that's I mean, not, to knock, that's not to knock Torres, but, um, it may be clouding our evaluations of any player, um, that gets signed. It could very well be because, uh, sorry to, uh, to no, you're going, here, but like, yeah, like, they do need to sign somebody because they've uh, released Zoltan Stieber. Uh, Akeem Ward is gone. Uh, the rumor is that Chris McCann is leaving. Uh, mm-hmm. And this team is already a team that is light on players going into 2019. So they definitely, like, even if they had kept everybody, they still had room to sign more players. And especially if they are releasing uh, three players, they need to sign three players at a minimum to, to bring this back up. So yes, I I definitely agree with you that like Jose Torres seems great because he's the one who's there. He's the one right now, especially since he's a former USMNT player, but they definitely need to sign 
two to three to four players uh, in the next week because the uh, the window closes on August eighth, and yeah, it's very that, soon. That's like a week away now, guys. So um, yeah, by the time you folks are listening to this show, it'll be a week or less, um, and that's that's how close it is. Um, I'm glad you brought up McCann because I had actually forgotten about that, even though it happened <laughs> earlier today. Um, but yeah, to talk about. DC United's obviously changing something in how they go about their business because the one player left on the team that, you know, isn't needed elsewhere like Ariola um, hasn't been definitively proven not to be good at the job of playing that ball winning role like Segura. Um, the one player who could maybe fit into it would be McCann. Um, that's where he played in England in the championship and in league one. Um, he's a physical player and all that, but you know, the reporting behind that, I believe it's um, both Pablo Maurer and Steve Goff uh, were putting that there. I think Steven Streff uh, as well. I think everybody that was uh, um, has been around uh, had that one. Um, you know, the reporting behind it is very solid that the, the team is going to part ways with McCann, which kind of makes sense. I mean, he hasn't made much of an impact this year. And even with Atlanta carrying a chunk of his salary, it's one of those where um, if you're bringing in other players, um, Torres, for example, can play left back in a pinch, um, as we found out uh, under Jason. two different national Jason. team regimes. Yeah, anyone can play left back. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Left back is the position for everybody. Um, I just had to bring that up because, yeah, <laughs> it's it's. I'm true. still it's, not over Jurgen, y'all. I'm still not yeah. over Jurgen. He well, set uh, us back so far. Just. Ben yes, can confirm all. that uh, because I I have an old version of Football Manager, and I will um, even in my games that take place now, um, I will find Klinsman and I will insult him. I'll, I'll like call the <laughs> local media for the team I'm coaching to tell them that I think the Klinsman analog in the game is, sucks, basically. <laughs> and they're like, "All right, thanks for thanks for your time." And then they run that as a piece. I mean. Um, I feel like it's the kind of thing that in real life would be, would get you fired just for being erratic. And like if Ben Olson called uh, all of us uh, press nerds in uh, at training and was like, guys, I want to tell you that I don't like Jurgen Klinsmann and here are the reasons why. Um, if that's but how we don't be would, okay. We'd, we'd be I like, mean, yeah, we would agree, but it would also be like, boy, what a weird thing to talk about. Um, is everything all right? Are you, are you good? Um, but it, fortunately, football manager doesn't uh, doesn't discriminate. It's just you can just insult uh, Jurgen Klinsmann with uh, apparently no consequences. Um, anyway, as it should be. Um, I, ben, I think you're right. You know, the players going out uh, on a team that was already on a very short roster, there have got to be guys coming in, and it, realistically, it shouldn't just be bodies to replace those guys. It should be that, and then improvements. Um, but we're running out of time by such an extent in the window that I'm starting to think that maybe we're just going to get the three or four people to replace the guys that are being, have been, or, or will be let go. Um, and a lot of them might not be internationals. We know Joseph Mora is working on a green card. We don't know when that's supposed to come out, um, when that'll be official for roster purposes, but he's been back and forth to Costa Rica. Um, on that front. So at least that's something, but um, yeah, it seems like the, the, you know, you look at the sand in the hourglass and you look at how much you have left to do. And you think, I don't think we're going to get all of this done in this, uh, this period of time. Um, well, and, and 
the rumors are like, not even the rumors. I'm not going to even address them, but like you only have a certain window left with Wayne Rooney and you've got to maximize the amount of time you have with him and maximize the talent around him. And if it's not this year, it's got to be next year. So you've already got to be building towards next year because next year's basically it from, from what I'm intuiting. Like he, uh, I think if his contract doesn't end at the end of next year, it's shortly thereafter. So the end of this year and all of next year is all there is left for one of the most important signings in the history of your club. So you've got to start planning it now, just like how DC United signed Paul Areola in, in August uh, a couple of years ago. If you want to start building for next year, you've got to start planting those seeds now. And yeah. so th- this isn't, just about this year. It's also about what you're going to do with the rest of Wayne Rooney's career in DC United. Yeah. Um, and, and speaking of Ariola, the r- rumors have him possibly uh, right, getting a lot exactly. of interest. So you might be looking at this winter being, this might be where Ariola steps aside and, and, and moves elsewhere. Um, and then you maybe, you know, it could be that Rooney might be like, look, I'll, I'll resign and play for another couple of years. I don't feel like retiring just yet or, or whatever. Um, then that's great, but maybe. we don't know that. Yeah. There's no guarantees on that front. Um, right. And it does feel like a, a lack of urgency this season on that front has left us in this situation where, you know, there's a week plus a few hours left in the transfer window. And we're sitting here like, so... uh is it just going to be Gordon Wild? Because you know, Gordon Wild's all right, but that's not going to solve the problems this team has. No, nope, um, not at all. I will say, uh, shout out to Gordon Wild for getting his uh, uh, first. Uh, I believe he got an assist for Loudon uh, on the weekend after getting an assist in the uh, friendly debacle. That this is our only mention of it just now. Um, so that's good. I think at that's least, right. At least someone's having a good week with DC United. Um, but I guess I guess that kind of gets us to the end of this uh, Chicago and Chicago related segment. It's been a chore. <laughs> um, it would be nice next week to have a better game to talk about. Uh, but we will come back in a second. And on that note, we are going to shockingly call uh, an end to the show. Uh, a show with no Adam is not going to turn into a 90 minute debacle. Um, we realized uh, we took a break. We realized we talked about everything we needed to talk about that happened this week. Uh, and so rather than doing like a 60 minute second segment, we're just going to say enough. Um, so thank you. For We've listening. done enough. DC United has done enough. Everyone <laughs> has done enough. Yeah. Uh, it, it's sometimes it's time to just say enough. Um, Thanks for listening. Uh, for everyone, uh, our Patreon subscribers, we will have a little bit on the Philadelphia Union there later this week. Um, we didn't have time to get a guest in, so uh, I'm going to do some homework and then come back to you with that. So if you want to hear that, uh, go to our Patreon. That'll be for our patrons there. Um, if uh, you enjoy the show or if you want to spread the word of a show you don't enjoy for some reason, uh, I'm not judging. I've done stuff like that. Um, either way, uh, if you could uh, tell your friends, tell your family, tell your enemies, your coworkers about our show, 
uh, we'd appreciate it. Um, it. It means a lot that anyone's uh, still listening to this, listening to me yammer and trying to finish the show. Um, we, you can contact us uh, with our, what is our, I always forget. Um, filibuster DCU is the Twitter account. Uh, filibuster podcast at gmail.com. If you would like to sponsor us and pay us enough money that we could quit our day jobs and just do this. Um, also for other things, if you have other things to email us, like uh, drawings of Adam, uh, and his journeys in Vienna would be appreciated. Um, maybe if you just have fan art involving Bronco Boscovich, we'll, we'll accept that. And we'll probably talk about yeah. it at length if you send it to us. Um, Plus and on the jacket. Yeah. Yeah. If you want to tell us, if you want to, track down leather jackets of similar merit, uh, or quality, uh, please let us know. Um, we're very interested. Uh, it, if it's cheap enough, I might make a stupid impulse purchase <laughs> just so I can have a jacket that looks like Bronco Boscovich. Uh, we should probably tweet the photo. I'll, I'll tweet the photo with that yeah. later so that people can see it once again. It's so check so our, good. if you're listening to this and you don't know what the hell we're talking about, go to our Twitter feed. That photo will be out there. Um, and on that extraordinarily confusing note, uh, I guess that's it for us. Uh, ben, help me get the show to end. Bodkin.